This is Hope and Health with Doctors Michelle and Mark Sherwood. Insights and interviews with a dose of straight talk to help you enjoy optimal health in all areas of life. Welcome to Hope and Health. I'm Dr. Mark Sherwood, and today we're continuing our series on hormones. If you missed earlier episodes of this important series, I highly recommend them. Today's episode is brought to you by our online course, Hormones. Understand and balance your hormones naturally. Just go to Sherwood.tv forward slash hormones to learn more and enroll. This 17-session course is only $19.99 and includes $30 in bonuses, including a discount on hormone-related treatment at our clinic, where we serve patients from around the world. Let's kind of begin. Uh, We always know that uh, if our enemy, Satan, wants to get us off course, the best way to do that is talking to us about uh, the idea of our health or getting us talking about that all the time. In other words, thinking about death, sickness, uh, mortality, that's where he gets us off. So he, he uses that as kind of his main attack point, doesn't he? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, because he, he knows he can get in there. And we, with uh, health, nutrition is at the top of the list. And with the food that we eat, oftentimes the food that we choose mm-hmm is more of an addiction and harder to get away from than it is to get away from crack cocaine. And why would that be? It's because you have to eat every day to sustain your life. But you don't have to do crack cocaine every day to sustain your life. Hmm. So the Satan's got a good strategy and a good ability to get in there and destroy your health if you're not mindful about your nutrition. you got to pay attention to that, too. So that's why, you know, to break the uh, the trends that are, People get off course in the nutritional realm, which that's why we put that number one of our seven pillars of health. Um, you got to keep listening to these episodes, keep filling your mind full of good information, keep saying things like it's going to be easy instead of it's going to be hard, and things do get better. Number two is sleep, obviously. A lot of people aren't sleeping well because they're not eating well and because they're too stressed out. So we need to work on sleep a lot. And we've given you some supplements we'll talk about later to do just that. Stress management is Mm -hmm. number three, and that's one of the number one reasons that drives people into the primary care doctor's office is we get stressed out, high tension, hypertension, high blood pressure. We're coming in for a pill for an ill instead of really looking at how we can modulate and manage our lifestyle and manage this thing that we call stress. Yeah, and then we got movement, of course. We got to move more, set less. Uh, We're talking about exercise. We didn't use that, that word intentionally because really uh, people just sometimes get a little weird when they hear that word exercise. So the bottom line is just move more, sit less, find some time to do it every day. We make time to do it every day. Ours is in the morning. People ask us when we do that. So we do get up early and really early, early. but we get it done. That's really the only time we can. So we've sectioned it off. We've decided to do that and we committed that time and set it aside every day. Yes. And then next is DNA, deoxyribonucleic acid. Mm -hmm. And we get excited when we talk about the genetics because genes have changed 2% in 10,000 years. However, just because you carry a certain set of genes does not mean that bad things have to happen, Mm -hmm. especially if you know how to modulate them, you know how to change your lifestyle and live in accordance with how your genes can uh, uh, metabolize, utilize, adjust. That great things can happen so you can age gracefully and have life in your years, not just extra years in your life. Hmm. 
good word. And as you know, we talk about hormones a lot. We're continuing our discussion tonight on that. Actually, we'll be concluding the discussion tonight on that as we tie the hormones we've talked about in previous um, sessions and times together. We're going to tie them all together tonight once again so you really get the gist of what we're what we're doing here and why they're important. And that leads us to number seven and the foundations, which is... Dun, 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 peptides. So as we close hormones, we're going to move into a section mm-hmm. on peptides. Peptides are short-chain amino acids strung together in chains of less than 50, oftentimes 40 or less. And these peptides can aid brain health, they can aid bone health, they can aid sleep, they can aid... Uh, helping you optimize body composition, meaning losing fat, maybe gaining some muscle, um, even hair growth. So a lot Mm. of beneficial effects of these things called peptides. So we're going to jump right back into the conversation about hormones right now. And just as an overarching theme to remind everyone, the um, with all of health, we got to talk about emotional and spiritual uh, components as well because we've got to get those right. But as we talk about hormones and transition and segue into that, we want to remember that all hormones are constructed by that base uh, material called cholesterol. So cholesterol, that waxy, fatty substance, is actually used from the body. It's produced in the body primarily so that it can go to the mitochondria, which is the powerhouse of the cell, and it converts straight into that first hormone we hear about many times, which is called uh, pregnenolone. And so that's a big deal. Cholesterol goes to pregnenolone. And then from pregnenolone, it kind of goes down uh, every pathway to eventually create the hormones we're going to talk about and wrap up together tonight. So remember that hormones are are these chemical messengers that are designed um, in the endocrine system to really um, transport these messages around the body. Think of hormones as emails. Now, over the last several weeks, we've talked about a variety of hormones. What are those hormones we talked about? Well, the first one, we're going to kind of try to tie these together. The first mm. one is insulin, which is called the blood sugar hormone. And we know that insulin, if it gets out of if it gets out of balance, it's going to dysregulate all the other hormones in your body. Mm-hmm. So insulin, it's very important that it stays managed. Insulin helps to manage blood sugar. And if insulin becomes out of range or out of balance, insulin resistance mm-hmm. develops. And here comes that extra spare tire. And it sets us up for what's called Mm. the vicious cookie cycle, where we're continually going back to the refrigerator to eat more. And we think, oh my gosh, I have to, I have to eat or I'm going to have low blood sugar. Well, the cause of that is because we're overeating the wrong types of foods, stimulating this hormone called insulin. Keeping in mind when insulin, the blood sugar hormone, comes up, it does become a fat storage hormone or a building hormone. The moral of the story with insulin, we don't want it to be chronically elevated. And we've talked about the things that will do that. Yes. So the next hormone we talked about was this thing called cortisol. Yes, cortisol can stimulate the production of insulin because it is called the stress management hormone Mm -hmm. or the fight or flight hormone. So when you get stressed out, your body makes cortisol and you need to run, fight or flee from that tiger, lion or bear. And your body doesn't know the difference if you're sitting in an Mm -hmm. office stressed out or if you're actually running from a lion, tiger or bear. So here comes cortisol. And under that stress, your body makes sugar Mm -hmm. from the breakdown of glycogen in the muscles and the liver. And then that sugar stimulates the production of this hormone called insulin. So now you can literally be um, 
on a diet, so to speak, and not eating a lot of calories, but your weight won't shift in a right in the right direction if you're stressed out and producing too much of this hormone called insulin. So as insulin goes up, we've talked about it being a fat-storing hormone. If fat goes up, it sends a signal that's a hormone to the brain. That signal is what's called? Leptin. Mm-hmm. Leptin is the satiety hormone produced in the fat cells. And as your body uh, regulates this thing called appetite, it is regulated by this hormone called leptin. So when you eat, your body releases leptin that's made in the fat cells, and it signals the brain to think that it is full. And it shuts off the, uh, or it turns off your eating signal, if you will, Mm -hmm. and turns on the satiety signal. Now, the interesting thing about leptin is if we put on more and more weight, our fat cells get larger and larger. So therefore, we make more and more leptin. And just like insulin resistance, Mm -hmm. if we make too much insulin, eventually we become resistant to insulin. That's type 2 diabetes. If we make more and more leptin, now we become resistant to leptin and we can't turn that mm. satiety and we can't regulate that signal of satiety. So we continually want to eat. So if leptin gets going too much, too fast, too strong, the brain basically refuses to hear the signal. And instead of hearing, I've got enough fuel to burn, it says, I have no fuel to burn. I'm complete. And so it goes into this appetite increase, and there you go. You've got a lot of weight going on. But leptin also affects the thyroid. How's that? Well, when there's too much leptin around and you have leptin resistance, your body thinks that it's in a crisis. So mm-hmm. it's going to signal the thyroid, the major metabolic hormone, to turn itself down. So it's really kind of like a state of hypothyroidism, if you will. Yeah. So when the, the thyroid goes down, metabolism goes down, your heart rate goes down, your body temperature goes down. So if you're there and you find yourself cold a lot, metabolism is slow, skin gets dry, maybe your bowels are slow moving, and maybe you have brain fog and start gaining weight, probably the thyroid is involved somehow. Well, when the thyroid begins to get sluggish like that, we begin to have this downward cascade where we get lessened of our sex steroid hormone. So the first sex steroid hormone we get, talk about is... Dehydroepiandrostenedione, or DHEA. DHEA. Also known as the sex hormone producer because it does sit at the top of the chain of the sex steroids, and it can move into the pathways of making testosterone and breaking down into estrogen or even breaking down into other hormones like DHT. And if you've got too much cortisol going on, too much stress, because DHEA is produced in the adrenal glands, your adrenal glands are going to produce less DHEA. Makes sense, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. And it's not going to get the downward conversion into the other sex steroid hormones like estrogen. Estrogen, called the female sex hormone, or considered to be the female sex hormone. However, males need estrogen as well. Mm -hmm. Estrogen is actually a friendly hormone. It has gotten a bad rap. It got a bad rap back in 2002 when the Women's Health Initiative came out. And what was studied was really conjugated equine estrogen and the progestins. Those are the hormones Mm. that are thought to cause all of the bad outcomes. Now, estradiol, which is the active female hormone or the active uh, hormone in the system, Mm -hmm. is good for brain health. It's kind of married to serotonin. So if estrogen levels fall too low, 
here comes depression, here comes anxiety. There can be a relationship between estrogen and depression. Estrogen yep. is, you know, also related to a lot of other features like skin health, weight gain or loss. Mm-hmm. If estrogen is out of balance, you're going to have a hard time maintaining your weight. Estrogen is also related to the dryness in your eyes. So if you're having dry eyes, you have to think about hormone balance. And the list with estrogen goes on. Then we talk about this one called progesterone that's known as the mother hormone because progesterone is at sort of right below pregnenolone. So if you can't get good cholesterol production to pregnenolone, you don't get progesterone. And progesterone can go down and it can uh, make eventually testosterone. It can go make, uh, turn into estrogen as we just talked about. So progesterone is kind of important. It is. It's also the sleep, the Mm -hmm. major sleep hormone. So when progesterone starts to decline pre or perimenopausal, sleep is oftentimes one of the first things that is disrupted. Progesterone is also a neurosteroid. It protects the myelin sheath of the nerves. So progesterone does a body good. And obviously you get less progesterone just to tie it backwards. You get start getting less sleep. Cortisol goes up, which causes blood sugar to go to, which causes insulin to go up, which causes weight gain. So there you go. And the final one we, we're trying to tie together is this thing called testosterone. Testosterone used to be thought of as the male sex hormone. However, we know that testosterone is beneficial in both males and females. It's just the levels and the doses are very different. Testosterone Mm -hmm. is a brain hormone. In fact, women who have optimal testosterone levels in their older years have less incidence of Alzheimer's disease. Wow. Better cognitive function. They have better bone health, the strength of their bones, the strength of their muscles, the reduction of body fat, the ability to metabolize blood sugar. These things are also apparent in males as well. And it is protected against heart disease. So there you go. Pretty cool. Oftentimes when uh, it drops low in males, one of the first things that starts to happen is either sleep disruption or even anxiety, Mm -hmm. lethargy lack of motivation, and drive. So all these hormones are important, and that's why we tied them all together. So when you begin to address hormones, you got to think about the symphony, the harmony, the synergy of them all working together. Because when one is not working effectively or not available in its efficiency, you're going to have dysfunction in the communication. So maybe it's time for all of us to make sure our hormones are checked right. So and many times uh, panels that are run typically are not adequate. They're not thorough. They're very piecemeal. So make sure when you do get your hormones checked, you can reach out to us and we'll definitely help you with that if you want to use us. If not, go back and listen to all of these episodes one more time and make sure that you've got the hormone cascade down and know what you're doing with it. Now, obviously, we talked about the hormones being able to be formed originally by cholesterol to pregnenolone inside of the mitochondria, but to make mitochondria function well, which is critical for that that sort of synthesis, if you will. We've got to have the good nutrients present. We cannot eat continually inflammatory foods. And there you see the list of inflammatory foods we need to avoid, which are... Sugars, artificial sweeteners, fried foods. We've got to get rid of those fried mm. foods. MSG, monosodium glutamate, and other chemical fillers. We really have to read the labels. Yep. 
If you can't pronounce it, it's probably not good for you. Nope. Boxed and packaged processed foods. Things like sodas, even juices, bottled juices are often sweetened with either high fructose corn syrup or sugars. Excessive amounts of caffeine and alcohol. That can become a mineral leach from the bones and also acidic. It can destroy the gut. Mm -hmm. Other things like breads and grains, yeast, soy, and corn. Especially high fructose corn syrup. The number one cause of fatty liver disease in America today. These are inflammatory disease causing to everyone, young and old, all the time. And if you want to make good hormones and make sure you have the synthesis from cholesterol, terpenidolone happen great and have the mitochondria supplied with plenty of nutrients, you have to consume the anti-inflammatory foods. Again, no limit there. Just make sure you stay on the list, which includes what? High-quality proteins. Mm -hmm. We need good quality proteins to make good quality tissues like organic, grass-fed and finished, free-range and wild-caught. You know, you are what you eat eats. So if what you're eating has eaten junk, Mm -hmm. you're getting the junk. Healthy oils and fats. Remember olive oils, olives, coconut oils, avocado, macadamias, nuts and seeds, low-glycemic fruits, which are berries, oranges, apples, semi-ripe bananas, And then those low-glycemic, above-ground, non-root, non-starchy vegetables. Eat plenty of them. Those are where the minerals are at. So these are anti-inflammatory, non-disease-causing to young and old all the time. So where do you start? We get asked that a lot. You can go if you want like a structured plan, hands off, just know what to do, need a little bit of kick in the rear, so to speak. You can do our 40-day reset plan. We've got it structured out there for you. There's a detox included with it, all of your supplements, all of your nutrients, All of what you need regarding that 40-day period, that will get you off course or right on course again, get you right back on the path where you need to be on. Again, that's a 40-day reset plan. It's got everything with detox supplements, um, a guide on what foods you're going to be able to consume. Uh, It's got some homeopathy that helps us lose fat, put on muscle, and helps us with cravings. Uh, vitamin D, K, your detox supplements, and your omega-3 fatty acids. It's all there included for you. You can go right now to Sherwood.tv forward slash 40 if you want to get that. Now, if you want to know what else all we do, there's a whole bunch of things else we do. We've got 120-day plans. You can become a patient. Um, we have many, many things like DNA and peptides and hormones that we do. If you're interested in that, you can go to Sherwood.tv forward slash free. And that's an ebook that talks about a lot of what we talked about tonight uh, from a very general sense that will help you out. But it also directs you to all of our services, books, movies, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So those two links, if you want to just get started right now, go to Sherwood.tv forward slash 40 for the 40-day reset, and we'll get those products out to you ASAP. And if you want to know what else we do, what all we do, and if you want to become a patient and get in your DNA and all that stuff, go to Sherwood.tv forward slash free, and there's an ebook right there for you that will direct you to all of our services. Hope and Health is brought to you today by our online course, Hormones. Understand and balance your hormones naturally. Hormones get blamed for various symptoms, and they get too much credit as a fix for ailments. Just go to Sherwood.tv forward slash hormones to learn more and enroll. Here are just a few areas we cover in 17 sessions of this comprehensive and practical course. Symptoms and causes of hormone imbalance. Cortisol, the stress management hormone. Thyroid, 
the metabolism hormone, DHEA, the sex hormone producer, estrogen, the female sex hormone, progesterone, the mother hormone, testosterone, the male sex hormone, and restoring hormone balance. Go to Sherwood.tv forward slash hormones to learn more and enroll. We always like to take a few moments in the middle of our program to talk about this thing called perspective. Perspective gives you a different chance to think about things in a little bit different way. Many times the world, we all get locked into one way to think about things or this this polarized way to think about things. It's got to be my way or the highway, this way, not that way. And people are really anxious about everything today. But one question I get asked a lot is, or gets confused, is, is my faith a private matter? Uh, some people on one side would say it is a private matter. You don't need to say anything about it because you might offend somebody. The same group would say, keep it to yourself because it truly is a private matter. It's between, between you and God and no one else. Now, the other side of the coin is, and it's not a private matter. It's totally public because, you know, Jesus died for us publicly, not privately. We're supposed to confess his name. He who denies Jesus on this earth, he'll deny you before his Father, which is in heaven. So the answer to the question, if we want to look at it, is my faith a private matter? Unequivocally is no. It is a public matter. And I'll explain to you why it's a public matter. Because as we share many times this temple we live in, it is not our own. If we have a relationship with God through his son, Jesus, which happens only by recognizing that Jesus came to this earth to die for us because we have sin in our lives. And because of the sin that separates us from God, we had to have the perfect sacrifice that God had to provide so that we could bridge that gap because God can't have imperfection or sin in his life. So because sin requires a sacrifice, Jesus came as the perfect sacrificial lamb was crucified. In other words, he was put to death. His own blood was shed, and he actually died. But death did not hold him. God's power caused him to arise after three days. And because he defeated death, hell, the grave, and sin, we now, by recognizing that, that Jesus did that for us, and that he is Lord of our lives, if we publicly confess that, we are said to be saved. Saved from what? Saved from our own sin, our own misgivings and shortcomings that separate us from God. So therefore, the separation from God is mended or bridged by the blood of Jesus. So Jesus did not privately die for us. He died for us in a public way so that we could be forgiven. And when he said these three words on the cross just before he died, it is finished. He meant that sin holds no power on us who believe in him as Lord of our lives and confess him out of our mouth as Lord of our lives, etc. So when we look at the question, is faith a private matter? We have to understand that it is absolutely not a private matter. If we look at the temple, this temple was bought with a price. Therefore, it's not our own. We're for to glorify God in our body. Our body includes our voice. It includes our mouth. It includes what we do, what we say, how we act, how we dress, what we eat, what we listen to, what we watch, who we hang out with. Everything we do is tied back to reflection, reflection of Christ in, in this thing we call uh, life. And so it means that as missionaries and as ambassadors to for Christ on this earth, in other words, we represent heaven on this earth uh, by the way we live, 
being the representative of Holy Spirit. We represent God on this earth, and we are not supposed to let the world infect us and influence us. But on the other hand, on the contrary, we are supposed to affect and infect and affect the world in a positive way. So with that said, faith is not absolutely not a private matter. If it's a private matter and you say that, I'm telling you right now, friend, here in my heart, when you say, I'm not going to talk about my faith, you're actually denying Christ, or you're actually denying that that you know him. Probably you don't know him, because if you did know him, you would not allow that deception to come into your life. So, with that said, uh, hopefully you're, you're, you're sort of getting this, this drift. I encourage you out there to share your faith. Many people in this current time we live in are really uh, up against the gun with regard to, uh, you know, the, the COVID vaccines and the mandates and all that. And we have encouraged people in mass to, if you believe, as we, we believe, that this is the temple of God and you, you have the faith that you have, you can request a religious exemption. You can do that. And we've encouraged people to do that, to stand your ground, because we still have the rights here on this earth by the First Amendment uh, that we can speak up as we as we want. And we can choose what religion we want to follow. But I'm not necessarily talking about religion. I'm talking about faith, which is quite different. Religion might be defined as sort of these cultural habits and man's best attempt to reach God. But faith, on the other hand, is really understanding that that we have a relationship with Jesus that's real. And he not only knows who we are, we know who he is. And there's a relationship he walks with us and talks with us every day. So the bottom line is your faith has an opportunity to be publicly lived out, even in this time right now that seems so bad. I look at this time as a beneficial time, as a blessing time, because now we're being tested to determine, is your faith real? And if your faith is real, it won't be private. It will be public because it's going to be forced out of you. You're going to have to make a stand. You're going to have to make a decision. It's going to have to be public. I suggest right now you really analyze the question, do I have a relationship with Jesus? And if you do, if the answer is yes, start publicly broadcasting that every chance you get. Remember, Jesus says in John 14, 6, I am the way the truth, and the life, and nobody comes to the Father except through me. If you want to have a relationship with God, it requires a public confession of Jesus as your Lord, believing that he died for you. So, faith is absolutely not a private matter. It's a public matter for the world to see, which is not anything more than what we do, who we are. It should be natural. It should be a duty, but it should be natural as far as the characteristics of what we do and how we represent on this earth. We're going to talk about a subject right now in this little, we call it kind of a Bible study devotional section. And again, you understand, I hope, that the spiritual health is critical for this kind of concept of hope and health that we have. We really need to understand, folks, that the majority of our physical manifestations of disease processes are rooted in spiritual and emotional brokenness. So we want to be spiritually and emotionally whole. And the only way to do that is to really know who God is and ponder and meditate on his word. Otherwise, we're going to get way off course. So let's talk about tonight the wheelings and dealing of the world. Well, we know that this expression can be heard a lot. You've got my word on it. Hmm. The New Testament writers included much material about the word. The reference to prophetic word is often used in how it's related to Jesus, who became flesh 
and dwelt among us. Then Jesus speaks about the importance of his own word and how that relates to the prophetic word. In fact, Luke quotes, he says, Jesus is saying this, these are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, Mm. that everything written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms must be fulfilled. So if Jesus is saying these words that he spoke are the fulfillment of the prophetic words in the Old Testament, he is confirming that he is the word. He's saying, I am the truth, the way and the light. He's saying, and we see also in the book of John that Jesus, he became flesh and dwelt among us. The word became flesh. So Jesus' life was the word. So Jesus came and confirmed the word by speaking the word. And so when we hear this thing, you have my word on it, you know, I think we've got to really think about that because Jesus spoke the words. What we see in this thing, this book, this bestseller of all time we call the Bible, this is the word of God. This is promises to us. And if we can really latch on to what we just said right there, that the word of God is true, as as crazy as it seems sometimes, that will set us free because Jesus is the key to freedom. And who the Son, Jesus, sets free is free indeed. So what really sets us free then is the word. The word that God spoke sets us free. And he says to us clearly that he's going to protect us. You know, we uh, we read Psalm 91 last week, and that was a powerful scripture, you know, about how, you know, thousands may fall on this side and that side, yes. but nothing will come upon you that's going to harm you, how we're protected. That's God's word. So uh, he also says through his word, be not afraid or don't fear or don't be afraid uh, in different ways. Uh, it has been said that many translations of the Bible, he says, do not be afraid 365 times. Now, I'm not sure if that's true. I'm sure it wouldn't be true in every translation. But the bottom line is the the idea and connotation of that is that it's one time a day. Don't be afraid. So that means there's no time, mm. no days that we should be afraid at all. So that's very important to understand that. So God's word is true, whether we want to believe it or not. Now, a lot of people today are walking around um kind of twisting his word, right? His word says this, but they're saying, well, he really mean that. He really meant this. Or they'll take a little tiny section out there and they'll say, well, God is love, so it's okay to just love anything, right? It's like so weird. I mean, you've seen that, right? Absolutely. You know, or we'll use the word and not take action. Mm. It's almost like a justification of whatever we want to do. I used to use this term, misbehavior justification. In other Mm. words, you can do anything you want and still make it biblical. Hmm, think about that for a moment. We really need to think about what the word means and not just pull out a section of it and meaning that this little tiny bit here is all we're going to talk about because it's not controversial. If we have that attitude and if your pastor has that attitude, look, find a new pastor that's not a pastor. That's actually a, a wolf in sheep's clothing because it takes courage to speak God's word. It took courage, get this, for the word to actually go to the cross for us. The Word, the flesh, the man, Jesus, who was the Word, came to the earth and dwelt among us in the flesh. He went to the cross for us. That took courage. As you heard me just say a few moments ago, courage or faith is a public testimony. It's not a private 
word. And so if God's word means something, you will die for it because he's already said that he wants you to live with him forever. So if his word is important, you can die for it knowing you don't die, but you always live. I hope that makes sense. So really, let's let's keep going with this thought. Yes. So stand on your word. Words are powerful. Do what you say. Mm-hmm. Follow through on your word. Don't let words tickle people's ears. Mm. Be a person that follows and acts upon what you put out there for other people to hear. If God says, you got my word on it, and Jesus lived out the word, and he tells us, simply put, let your yes be yes and your no be oh, no. That's good. Yeah. You know, the bottom line is our words that we speak, we would want them to mimic the words of our Father in heaven. So we, our prayer needs to be, God, allow me, coach me up. Let me hear your words so that I can be a conduit of you. And that's what Holy Spirit is. He tells you everything from the Father and gives it to you so you can know all things. And so the Holy Spirit yeah. bears witness in you so you can speak in his words. So your words that you speak, friend, can be the very words that God speak from the from the heavens that have been created since the beginning of time. So you can speak the heart of God. You can speak the word of God. If it matches God's heart, it will come true because God's word never lies. And so that's why when we speak something, we should guard the words we speak carefully and always uh, check that before we speak with the, the request God, I acknowledge you. Would you help me speak the words that you want me to speak? And then when we do that, he'll give us what to say. The word also says that in the last days, you'll be persecuted. You'll be dragged before, um, you know, rulers and, and, um, you know, people in, in, in high authority positions. You'll be questioned, but don't worry about it, Jesus says, because the Holy Spirit will give you what words to say. So our words really need, need to, need to mean something. And God keeps his word even when others don't. And that's a big deal because people today, you know, I hear it all the time, and this is my little, you know, maybe my little soapbox moment for a minute. Uh, it, it bothers me when I hear this biblical babble, and uh, I call it business chatter. Let me just explain what biblical babble is. You know, I'm going to pray for you, brother, and they don't pray about you. Come on. And I've asked people, when did you do that? When do you plan on doing that? And nail them down, man. So don't do that unless you plan on meaning it. Another one is, I love you, brother. They're not your brother because they're talking about you behind your back. They're gossiping about you and they're slandering you behind your back and you hear about it. That's not your brother. They don't love you. They have a hard time loving themselves. Now, I'm not saying that you hate them. I'm saying you need to learn to love them from a distance. Bottom line is. So don't be a biblical babbler. Keep your word if you mean it. If not, say nothing. That's why God gives us two R's and two ears and one mouth. The other thing is business chatter. Hey, you know what? We're gonna let's let's you and I get together. We'll have lunch sometime. Let's go to a meeting. Let's go to have a meeting. When? When is this meeting? And how long is the meeting gonna be about? And what are we talking about? Pin them down. What are we doing? Because why are we talking if we're not meaning every word? Words don't need to be hollow. Words don't need to be empty. Words need to mean something. Just like Jesus didn't waste one word on this planet, we have the ability to not waste one word as well. God's word is true. God's word is in us. So we have the ability to speak God's word out on this planet for the rest of our days. Yes. So, and when we say 
that we're going to see you next Thursday, you've got our word on it. <laughs> yeah, you do. We're going to be here one way or the other. It doesn't matter. I think we're actually going to be out of town next Thursday, aren't we? No, I think maybe the Thursday after next. One of these Thursdays we'll be out of town, so we'll be uh, from a different location somewhere on planet Earth. But we're going to be here with you because that's our word. So we're tr- we're tr- striving every day to you know give ourselves you know again to the Lord every day so that He can work through us and use us and speak through us to encourage you, and we encourage you to do the same thing: share God's word with others often and publicly. Because that provides blessings publicly because God hears and sees all what we do because he does walk with us. Um, we pray you'll have peace in your lives as well. And that turns you into a hope dealer. Hope dealer. Just like I've got right here on my little wrist. See, hope, hope, no, hope dealer, hope dealer. You and I and she and are, we are hope dealers. Hey, we'll look forward to seeing you next week from somewhere in the world on Hope and Health. Have a good day or good night wherever you are. See you later. The name of this podcast is Hope and Health for a reason. With simple, consistent changes, you'd be amazed at the results we see in patients every day. There is hope for you. Give your body the healthy food it was created to enjoy, and it will thank you. The same goes for what you feed your mind. Subscribe to this podcast and subscribe to our newsletter at Sherwood.tv to stay positive in a negative world. And remember to enroll on our hormones course at Sherwood.tv forward slash hormones. It includes a free ebook and a $20 discount on hormone-related treatments. If you don't live near our clinic in Tulsa, that's no problem. We treat patients from around the world. Thank you again for listening. Doctors Mark and Michelle Sherwood and their clinic can help you find the hope and health you were created to enjoy. Go to Sherwood.tv for clear, proven ways you can be healthier. Subscribe at Sherwood.tv.